If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com Registered Training Organisation 31352 Our guest today is Anne Montgomery. Anne started training in the classical principles, was a general coach and trainer, and now she focuses on biomechanics and uses NLP in Ride With Your Mind to achieve those results. How are you going, Anne? Yeah, I'm really good today. How are you? Good, good. And a favourite quote. Have you got one for us today? There is so many quotes that I come out with when I'm coaching. One of the big ones is, there is no failure, there is only feedback. Yep. And another one is, you can't know what you didn't know. Mm-hmm. And often a rider will get upset with themselves for not having information or, well, you know, I've ruined my horse because I did this or I did this wrong. But you can't know what you didn't know. And now you know it, you can start to change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because people aren't born knowing how to ride. No, they're not. Everyone starts off. They've got to learn how to rise yeah. to the trot. They've got to learn how to get the correct diagonal, correct canter lead. They all start off learning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And even learning to walk as a baby, mm. you didn't give up because you fell over. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you got back up and you kept trying until you could walk. And yep. that's, you know, the same principles that you've got to have when you're learning to ride. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And how did you start with horses? What were your first memories there? Well, probably my first memory is from a photograph of when my dad put me onto a horse. I am from a totally unhorsey background, and so it certainly wasn't encouraged. Mm-hmm. I'm originally from the UK, and there used to be the Horse of the Year show on every year. There was the Horse of the Year show and the Royal International, and that was always televised. And that was a huge ignition of passion for me, of watching these horses. And it was mostly show jumping at that time. And that really ignited something in me that never left to my parents' horror. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, so, so yeah. from, you know, thinking about the show jumping on TV and your memories of a photo, um, interesting that your dad put you on the horse, but from a non-horse family anyway. Yeah, yeah. And not supported. But anyway, he, he never should have put you on that pony when you were however old he you were. He should not. <laughs> he shouldn't have. Okay. Yeah. So what, was it a smooth transition into having a career with horses or did you do something else first? What happened there? No, um, I always had this passion and I did pony club and I didn't even have my own pony. I used to ride my friend's pony that lived across the road. She was a doctor's daughter and was at boarding school. So that was wonderful for me and wonderful for them because they had a free groom and Mm -hmm. I had a free pony. Yep. And I used to ride this pony called Pickles that their daughter couldn't actually ride because it bucked everybody off. And I used to just go and ride Pickles and sit out the bucks and keep riding. Mm -hmm. So that was the first pony that really started my journey. And it just 
I was unrelenting. I just wouldn't stop anything with Pony Club. I was there. My parents were nagged to take me there. They had to rent ponies for me to go to camp and things like that. So, you know, and it was always with an objection. So it was always self-motivation. Mm-hmm. It was self-motivation from the very start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for all the things that tried to stop me and hold me back, it stayed there. And then I did leave horses for a while and worked in an office. And then I got married and I left England and I was back into horses by that time riding them and I went and worked in an office but then I started doing a little bit of teaching at Pony Club Mm, mm. and by a friend encouraged me to do that and that was basically the start you know I just started teaching more and more and more and more. And what about because you really specialize now in the whole biomechanics and using NLP and ride with your mind what started you in that area of specialization? Well, I was already a level two in South Africa coach, um, general coach, Mm -hmm. and somebody came to my yard. I ran a big yard of 23 barn, horse Mm -hmm. barn, and and they came and said, could they run a ride with your mind clinic at my yard? And I said, yeah, okay. And they said, well, you can take part in it for half price if you let us run it here. And I said, yeah, okay. And I remember having this lesson, and I'll never, never forget it. I remember my brain was spinning. I was like, this is really weird. And I don't, I've never had a lesson like this before. She's never mentioned the horse. All she's doing is talking about me. But I can feel, you know, the things I've been feeling in my body, and she's giving me the answers to. But I'll just get through this lesson, and then that will be it. Mm. But when I watched what she did with my students, that was when I went, hang on, I'm Mm. missing something here. Mm because she's getting the results. And it was the language that got her the results. It was the NLP language. Mm -hmm. So it was the way she said it, the way she described it. And before she left, in those days, she didn't do bank transfers over the internet. I had the check in pounds for me Mm -hmm. to go back to the UK and do the teacher training with Mary Wayne. That's the one that she And I started following that path. I knew that that, this was a door that opened. Mm. Mm. And I had to go through it. Good, good. Yeah. So thinking about people working with horses, because I'm sure you come across a few and they ask you, what are the core skills or character traits that they need to start working with horses? So before they're even ready, you know, to see if they're going to be suitable to work in the industry, what do they need? Yeah. I think they've got to have a passion. Mm -hmm. They've got to have drive, focus, determination. They've got to get back up when things don't go the way they want them to. And I think one of the big things people have got to have in the industry, if they're going into coaching, I'm talking about the coaching side, is they've really got to have people skills. They've got to be able to read people and read the people's body language. That's what I found very, very powerful in my coaching, is I can see by the way the person walks down into that arena or the moment they get out the car, what their mindset is. Mm-hmm. And whether I can push them that day or today's not a good day. Mm. And I've got to keep them into a comfort zone of where they can have success. And then another day they come in and I think, hmm, they're in a good headspace today. I can push them that little bit further and I can put them into their stretch zone. So they're really pushing their boundaries and then pull them back into comfort and into stretch again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that that, that is massively important and obviously reading the horse's body language that's another thing that I do a lot of you know if the horse is emotional 
we will talk about that and we will do something to put the horse into a less emotional state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's really very important. Yeah, yeah. What do you think is the best thing about working in the horse industry? The horses. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, I just love my job. I just love my job. I love how I can get to work with people. I love the psychology of working with the people and helping them through problems. And, you know, the truth is that a lot of the lessons with horses are lessons for life. Mm-hmm. It's not just about riding the horses with young people. You know, people keep contacting me from years and years ago and saying, you know, how much I taught them. It wasn't just about the riding. It was giving them those skills, the core skills of determination, the passion, the focus, the determination that took them on to be really good in their whole life. Mm-hmm. So I think that when you become a, a riding coach, you don't end up just being a riding coach a lot of the time. You end up being a life coach. Yep, yep. Yeah. Without realizing it, mm, without mm. realizing that you're going to do that, you know, yeah. that you, yeah. So I think basically it's just a great career to be in if you've got the passion. Yeah. It opens so many doors and so many avenues for you. I mean, it's opened so many avenues of travel for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I never, never imagined was going to happen. Yeah. Well, what about people who've influenced you, though? You know, you've had Mary. But who else? Anyone else? Or she's just been the main influence? Oh, no. No. So many people. So many people. So many books. (laughs) Yeah. Another one who was a huge influence on me recently is Sharon May Davis. Mm -hmm. Have you spoken to her? No, not yet. Um, I think she's on the list. Yeah. Yeah. She is the most wonderful woman. And to go through the biomechanics of the horse with her, because that's something that I've been doing the last three, four years is also blending the biomechanics of the horse to the biomechanics of the rider. And so I went and did, I've done two courses with Sharon May Davis and she really, you know, opened my eyes up to a lot of things and is very passionate and very compassionate to the horses. And yeah, I really enjoyed working with her. I always say, I think to myself, is there people that I would like to be locked in a room with? (laughs) And Sharon May Davis is one of them. Mm -hmm because she's easy to speak to and you could just talk to her for hours. And I think another person would be Andrew McLean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing about those people is that they're so humble. Yep. And that gives an attraction for me towards them. They're not full of themselves. They're just humble and they're just people that I enjoy talking to and being with. You can ask any question and not feel stupid. Yep. Yes. Andrew's actually been on a couple of times. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. 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 What about horses? Have you got horses who've influenced you? My own horses, probably that little naughty pony pickles in the beginning because he <laughs> ignited the passion. Yep. And then I was very lucky enough. I decided when I was in my 30s that I needed to buy a more schooled horse. And I bought a little horse called Hurricane that was only, oh, he was a real weird looking little horse, but he could move like you can't believe. And he taught me so much. Mm-hmm. He really was a fantastic schoolmaster for me. And then probably the mayor I've got now, Heidi, is been a big influence in teaching me different skills, skills of listening and noticing little subtle things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. within the horse, the way the horse is moving, breathing, her body language. Yeah, so um, she has been a great trainer yep. to me. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. What do you think your proudest moment's been? You know, it's funny. When I think about my proudest moments, it's not actually for me. Mm-hmm. It's more about how my students have done. And in competition-wise, I've had a lot of success in South Africa with students. And one of them was a young boy called Timothy Woodruff, who was a racehorse trainer's um, son. And he got through to the South African Championships in Cape Town, not just with one pony, but with two. So only three could get through to the final. Mm. And he got through to the final with two ponies. And he had to make a choice of which pony he was going to use. Yeah. He was a very talented rider. Mm-hmm. And another young girl that ended up, you know, I watch them now from afar and see how successful she has been, a girl called Eleanor Bosman. And, um, you know, I taught her from a child and going up into adulthood. And I see, you know, that she has actually become the South African dressage champion in the past years. Mm-hmm. And has just had a baby recently, so obviously isn't riding so much now, but has really made a fantastic career out of horses as well. Mm. So, you know, I get more pleasure from my students than I do from my own achievements. <laughs> yes, I get I get pleasure from my own achievements as well, but that gives me more of an emotional pleasure. Yep. yep. Is watching how my students do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that can be, it doesn't even have to be a competition. Mm-hmm. It can be such a simple little thing that a student will come into a lesson and get the understanding of something, um, something really simple. And they're like, oh, my word. And that gives me such joy. Mm-hmm. And it gives me such a feeling of success because they've got it. And that's going to make it so much better for the horse and for them. That's good. Good. Yeah. So, so I'm afraid it's not about, <laughs> you know, the ribbons I've won or the championships, you know, and I've had success. Mm. But it's more about, you know, what I can hand on to other people. Yeah. That, that gives me more pleasure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thinking about where you are now, because, you know, even when you had pickles, there was setbacks, you know, but you always managed to find your way around them. What's your biggest challenge that you've had so far? Because I want to talk to you about your challenge, but then also what lesson you've learned from it so that some of our listeners can overcome those types of challenges. I think moving to Australia was a huge challenge for me Mm -hmm. because in South Africa, I was known, I'd slowly come up through from a young person to be a person that was known and then suddenly to move country and be no nobody Mm. and nobody knew me and have to really work to get acceptance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a really hard challenge for me, Mm. but it was a good challenge. It was good and, you know, to... Just observe and realize, okay, you know, it doesn't really matter what other people think. You just stay on your path of what you believe and it will all come right. And it really did, you know. So I've got lots of students now all over the place. And I think that in a way I can hand that on to other people, no matter how hard things can be, Mm. you know, you've just got to stay with what you believe and keep going on that path and it will end up being okay. So I think that that was really, really difficult. You know, I had a couple of people that really did help me at those times when I was trying to get my qualifications accepted here and get through that. And eventually it all came together. And, yeah, so so that was really a difficult wall to climb. I call mm-hmm. it mountains, mm-hmm. mountains that I've got to climb. And that was a difficult mountain. But I got to yeah. the top and yeah. I looked back yeah. down the mountain mm-hmm. and I went, oh, 
you know, that was good. I learned a lot of lessons from that because from everything that's difficult, you can either look at what's been difficult or you can look at, well, what did I learn from that? Yes. And what can I yes. use again? Yep. Yep. It's a bit of self-belief, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like even, even if things get, no matter how hard they are, you've just got to believe and stay on that path. Yeah. Yeah, and, and keep that focus, you know, you've got to keep that focus, well, this is where I want to go, you know, I can't throw away all that I know, because things are getting a bit difficult now, mm-hmm. I've got to just stay on this path, and I've got to keep walking in that direction, yep. and I did, and it, and it ended up being fine, you yep. know, and I just count myself very, very lucky that I do a job that I love, mm-hmm. and I walk in there with passion and and enthusiasm every day. And there's a lot of people that aren't that lucky that they have jobs that they don't enjoy. Yep, yep. Just thinking about, you know, your specialty. And what's a common fault that you see with your students? You know, you get a group of new students. What's a common thing that you see that you then need to work on fixing it? So, you know, how can it be fixed as well? Yeah, so probably one of the biggest things that comes into the arena with me is the rider is not in the correct alignment. Mm-hmm. And so even though as coaches, we're all taught that there should be a straight line from the ear, through the shoulder, through the hip mm-hmm. to the heel. I mean, I could say that off parrot form when I was, before I started doing the right with your mind. But then somehow it gets forgotten. And there's confusion also about what that alignment is. And so I physically put them into alignment mm-hmm. and I rotate their thighs because often their thighs are rotated out and their knees are pointing out and the back of the calves are on the horse. So I rotate from the hip joint, the femur bone around and sweep, it's physically hands on. You know, I say, I'm just gonna put my hand on you and sweep the muscle out here and get the kneecaps pointing forward and get the thigh rotated in and get the lower leg back underneath the pelvis. And then they feel weird. They say, my leg, must be near the stifle by now. Mm, and mm. I said, yeah, I know it feels wrong, but I've got mirrors here. Mm. Um, so I tell them to check in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do with my lessons as well, especially on my clinics, I video the lessons. Okay. So I video as I'm teaching. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have a video camera. I just point the camera at them and I video as I'm teaching. And then I turn the camera off and I carry on teaching. Then I pick the camera up and video a bit more. And I play that back to them on their first lesson, Mm -hmm. because then they get to see that what feels so wrong is actually right. Yep, yep. So the other thing they'll do is they get onto the back of their seat bones when they've got their leg too far forward. So there's a huge pressure down onto the horse's back, and I get them to feel their seat bones. So they put their fingers underneath their seat bones, and I put them into hollow back Mm -hmm. to round back, and then I get them into the centered position where they need to be. And I tell them to take their hands out and I get them to come further forward with that. Usually they're leaning back Mm -hmm. and I have to get their collarbone further forward. So I put my hand on their sternum and I ask them to lean into the pressure and I keep getting them to push into the pressure until I get them where I want them to be. And then I take my hand away and I said, right now you're lined up correctly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's unbelievable how many riders are in a lean back legs forward. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is online 
thecoursecollege.com. Okay, thanks. The other thing is with a lesson, I say to them, you can ask any question. Yes. You can ask anything. I don't care what you ask. You mm-hmm. know, if it's totally wrong to what you believe or what you've been told in the past, you know, ask me. It's okay. And we'll mm. have a talk about it. Mm. And they'll say to me, but I thought my leg had to be by the girth. And I say, yeah, but what part of your leg? So if the lower leg is by the girth, the leg is too far forward. You know, so maybe when that was brought out, the leg must be near the girth. Maybe it was the knee has to be near the girth straps. But if you've got your leg by the girth, the leg is too far forward usually. Mm-hmm. And so then they look at that and they go, yeah, okay. You know, it's the, it's the old thing. If I take the horse from underneath you, will you land on your feet? That's how it should be. Yep. So that's one of the the most common things that comes in of the basic alignment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other thing that used to be a massive one, but I'm not seeing it nearly as much now, was people with their stirrups too long. Okay. Because they wanted to be, yeah, they wanted to be dressage riders. Mm. So they have their stirrups too long. Yes. And they can't get their balance. And the angles of the hip and the knee and the ankle are too open. And they just can't get their balance. And so we prefer the angles to be about a 45 degree angle. And then when they've got the balance, it can go down a little bit. But that is where we would prefer it to be. Mm-hmm. And they can't get their thighs on properly if the stirrups are that long. Yes. Yep. Yep. And the thighs are a massive part of influencing the horse's back. So that's another reason why we rotate the thigh, because if the back of the thigh is on, the glutes are tight. And then they're popping their seat bones up and the pelvis is in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. But if the thigh is rotated around, it almost gives more width to the seat bones and the glutes can be softer. Mm -hmm. So there's more of a connection of the seat bones down onto the horse's back. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Mm. All right. Now, have you got a book that you could recommend to complement the listeners on their training? Yeah, I think that I would have to go for the Mary Wanless book of Ride With Your Mind Essentials. I thought you'd say that, actually. I thought you'd say one of her books. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've got all of her books. And, you know, that's what I recommend mostly to riders if they want to know more about this sort of work, because it really is written in a very simple form. Some of Mary's other books are quite technical. Mm -hmm. And that book is written with really great illustrations and basic diagrams that makes it very clear and that's a good starting point before you go into the more technical information from her yeah 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 that's good all right and what are you looking forward to now you know you're traveling a lot yeah you're traveling can't got more travel coming up to teach students in various parts of the world what are you looking forward to I'm looking forward to, I've got a really super physiotherapist that I work with that's from New Zealand called Jenny Abdenor. And she's a physiotherapist, but she does a lot of myofascia releases. And she's worked with Thomas Meyer. And Thomas Meyer is the person that Mary's written books with and goes into the fascia trains with. So we do clinics together and she's about to come over in March. Mm-hmm. And we do three clinics here in West Australia, one in Keysbrook, where I live, one in Albany and one in Margaret River. And then when we finish that in April, I go over to New Zealand and we do clinics over in New Zealand as well. Okay. So okay. they are just really exciting clinics for both Jenny and I because we just make such huge changes to the rider's body and mind. 
in those clinics where she does body work on the riders at the side of the arena. So we look at the rider on the horse, we assess where we want to work on them, and then we take them off and we work on them at the side of the arena and put them straight back on the horse mm-hmm. so they can feel those changes in their body. Yep. Yep. So I always look forward to those clinics that we do together. We do um, twice in New Zealand in a year and once here in West Australia. Mm-hmm. And they're just a huge clinic of discovery, not just for the students, but for us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then I'm also going to Darwin three times in their winter season and then over to New Zealand and Queensland again later in October. So, yeah, there's a lot of travel, but I like it. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah. Now, if you're going to summarise your philosophy, probably more so with the riders, you know, and the, how they can yeah. get the yeah. best out of themselves and make it so that it's beneficial for the horses, beneficial for the riders. How would you summarise that? What message could you give to the listeners? I think the riders have to take the time it takes. They have to understand that there is no race. Take the time it's going to take to get to where you want to be. Remember that it's an art. It's a skill that's going to keep growing and getting more depth. And the more you know, the more you'll realize you need to learn more. Mm-hmm. And that's why horses can never be boring, because it's a never-ending circle of knowledge as it grows. I never stop learning. Yeah. I'm always always learning always reading always going on discovery mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um good tracks good. of you know what happens if we do this and working with people that can teach me mm-hmm. good. as well good. yeah 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 so i think that that's the most important thing yeah and how can people contact you um, I have got a website mm-hmm. and that's www.annmontgomery.com.au and they can email me from there or leave a comment i've also got facebook pages okay. which is Anne the mindful rider they can also contact me on the facebook pages that also lets people know where i'm going to be and what i'm doing as well and those details will be on horse chats slash Anne montgomery or just go to horsechats.com and search for Anne. And that's just A double N. There's no E on that. It's just A double N. So once you search for that, Anne's page will come up. And Anne, thank you for talking to us today. Um, it's been good having a specialisation. The listeners should get something out of it. You went through and did the exercise to get correct alignment. And I think if the listeners can get to any clinics, that'd be very beneficial for them. So thank you for coming and hopefully we'll talk to you again sometime soon. Okay. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I've really enjoyed doing it. Good. Thank you. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.